Hello, my name is Lexi Davis. I'm a self-discovery coach, a yoga and meditation instructor, a love enthusiast, and a really playful human being. I serve people through my business, Alive to Enjoy, and this is Heart Snuggles, a holistic wellness podcast where I invite guests to drop into their heart space through authentic conversations and compassionate intentions, all in mini cuddly episodes, hoping that you connect to your truth in the most authentic version of yourself. I hope you enjoy. Welcome. Hope you're having the best of this day. And I'm super excited to bring this incredible guest I met a few months ago at this mm. Mystic Manor event. <laughs> and yeah, he had some really incredible art and then we had a good conversation. And so I'm so excited to bring him here with you guys today. So go ahead and tell them who you are. Yeah. Hi there. My name is Damian Jones and I'm a sculptor by trade. So that's what Lexi was referring to. She saw my sculptures there at Mystic Manor. I have a few. But I've also been going through a really deep healing process, especially over the past six years after a six-day cocaine binge did not end well. And fortunately, I was able to really surrender to healing, and I've been really dedicated to that path since then. And I'm now looking to share what I've learned with others because I've discovered some really powerful modalities to come back in our bodies and to open our hearts and to connect with our inner and outer selves, which I'll be getting into a little more so yeah <laughs> uh, amazing what do you think actually got you to get up and make a new decision doing like tra- like work on myself transformational programs and all kinds of different things since 1990 i did the landmark forum for the- <laughs> and that kind of started my path and then really explored what is out there in terms of optimizing our potential optimizing our experience of the time we have in these bodies, you know, that we get to be in for this seemingly long, but really quite short time. And what I've learned is like, we think about healing, about kind of fixing something that's wrong, that's broken, right? And then when it's, when there's nothing that needs to be, that's really getting our attention that needs to be fixed, we stop the healing. And I've worked with, you know, about three dozen different healers and modalities, plant medicines, like the whole gamut of possibilities of that realm. And what I've discovered, what I've discovered is we've really got the wrong idea about healing. It's not, you know, just something to do to fix what you broke. It's kind of, as I said before, it's like to optimize the vehicle that our divine spark gets to experience time and space through. Right. And I guess you could say that in reality, we're, we're all a lot more broken than we're willing to admit. <laughs> we've all got personal traumas that we've been through, and there's tons of ancestral and societal traumas that we're living in and trying to heal. And to be like really proactive in engaging with the darkness and the shadow that we each carry to discover what we can be is, is incredible. And because I've been kind of a human guinea pig for like, you know, see what happens when we inject a a whole lot of different modalities into one person. I feel like, you know, lucky and a little superhuman in some ways in my abilities to connect with myself and with the world. And I've still got farther to go in that. But at this point, I'm really, as I said, looking forward to teaching and sharing some of those. Yeah, it's so powerful. And I think that's Mm -hmm. also 
something that I was stuck in for so long is that I'm broken narrative, which is continuously perpetuated in our society. So it's like, how have you worked on knowing that there's things <laughs> that you want to change, but not living in that like victim of like, ugh, I'm just broken. That's a really great question. So to put it simply, like we're all traumatized out of our bodies, living in our heads way too much, trying to figure out how to survive and make it and thrive and all that, right? And our mind consumes all of our attention. And our mind is constantly, you know, it's never complete. There's always more to do. There's always things to be concerned about, but it, it really just kind of eats up so much of our attention. And we put so little on our bodies. And I came up with a, a practice, kind of invented it with a coach I was working with about four years ago. And what I did was, because I realized I was pretty out of touch with my body. I've come a long way in this process. I was the math and science geek in high school, right? So I was like really in my head and like, <laughs> and, you know, felt a lot of shame because of the rejection I experienced because of that and just, you know, moved farther up there. You know, I had a lot of work on it, and that's why I've been working on it for quite some time. I started this practice of once an hour taking three breaths into the center of my chest and just tuning in with my body. Cause I realized I wasn't very much in tune with my body and didn't like have much of a, a good connection with that. So what I do is I've got a chime on my phone and it goes off once an hour and I pause what I'm doing, which is always the hard thing. Cause the mind is always like, no, 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 just one more thing. Or you don't need to do it right now. And it's like, yeah, thank you. You're the problem. Just be quiet for a minute. And I just put that on hold. And as soon as I do it, I'm so, always so grateful because it's wonderful. So I just put my hand on my chest, which kind of apparently activates some of the neurons that get activated when you get a hug. So it's a good thing. And I just tune into the center of my chest and I feel the sensations of expansion and contraction. And I tune in with my body. And I've been studying meditation for 15 years and it's been you know, quite a struggle to quiet all the monkeys down that are jumping around in here. But starting this practice brought, it was so much more impactful. And within a day of starting it, I was like, this is awesome. I'm going to do this for probably the rest of my life, if not, you know, for a long time. And then within a week, I was getting hits of joy. Like my mind would be scrambling about something and then my chime would go off and I would go inside and I'd be like, oh, you're like slipping into a hot tub of joy. It'd be so wonderful to just feel that sense, right? So our bodies are whole and complete. They are missing nothing. And if we can attune with these homes, that these are our homes while we're here, but we're all a little homeless, you know, like up here trying to figure out how to find that sense of connection and completeness and to let go of the anxiety and the worry that can plague us sometimes. And this is the cure, <laughs> I gotta say, it's been the cure for me. And, um, I have so little anxiety or fear anymore. I've still got a crazy mind. It's still going all the time, but I have this sense that I'm whole and complete. And this has brought me in touch with my sovereignty. Like I know my true value as an essential part of this world, as this physical embodiment, you know, within this physical embodiment and everything, all the things that are going on in our minds, None of them are real. You know, they're not real. Like, you know, like this is real. And to tune in with this is like, oh, this is real, right? So it gives a real perspective on the mind's constant fantasies and ideas and, and thoughts to like get a little distance from it. 
and to not necessarily stop those, which I, I'm still working on that. I'm still like, you know, I look like there when I sit now and, you know, sit for like an hour in the morning or so and, and meditate, you know, I can get it pretty quiet where there aren't a lot of thoughts happening. But then during the day, there's so many distractions, so much coming in. And I feel like this is the meditation we need for our times because the techniques that we're working with, they were all developed like 2000 years ago or so, right? And life was so much simpler then. <laughs> we are in, our, the world we live in is so much more complex. And people were illiterate as well, right? So they didn't even have a lot of words or concepts to think with. And we have, you know, our minds are going probably a hundred to a thousand times faster than theirs were back then. And to just sit in the morning and the evening, that doesn't really carry us through the day. So to like have like, you know, 30 seconds, once an hour to just pause and drop in is really, really, really impactful and has helped me more than anything, any of the other things I've done. And there, I've had so many wonderful experiences with all the healings. But this has made the biggest difference because I've been practicing it for four years. And um, it's just wonderful. I mean, I'll give an example. I did an art show in Palm Springs in, in La Quinta like three months ago. And I work in ceramic, right? So it's kind of fragile. I do these big ceramic fountains and sculptures. And at night, between the first and second day of the show, a huge blast of wind came through and blew over 12 of my pieces gone like, oh no you know, these are all my but the fountains which were a little more tippy than my sculptures are so they were like the real more artistic pieces but regardless it was about you know fifty thousand dollars worth of worth of art that that got completely demolished there and after you know i got a call in the morning about it and after the initial gut punch of like oh my god i just you know got there got to work cleaning it up went on with the show ended up having a really good show but I had no suffering. There is no suffering about it. And I'm not, I'm not rich. I am not exactly like flush with money, <laughs> right? So this was a pretty huge hit, but I didn't let it, it didn't impact my experience of joy in the moment. So yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So many things I want to touch on. That's so amazing. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. And I've had such a similar experience. I did a nervous system program last year and that somatic healing has done so much more for me than starting that bottom-up processing as what they call it is like so much more effective of starting in the body and then you know going to the mind is just yeah like you said like we live in this day and age where there's so much stimulation already so we don't need to be going in our minds any more than we already are it's it feels so good to connect with the body and yeah, I think that's really beautiful. And also what you said about suffering, we are constantly like suffering is a choice. Pain isn't, but mm -hmm. like we just love to suffer, like obviously unconsciously as a society, but it's really beautiful that you said that because I think it's so important to remember that we have a choice of how we feel or how we react to situations. And so often we don't even think about it. We just immediately are like, let me react and be crazy. Like, ah! instead of just like mm -hmm. taking a moment being like okay i feel this feeling this sucks i'm frustrated i can feel this and then afterwards okay let's respond and like you know like actually do something about it instead of just sulk about it <laughs> so yeah 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 and to have like you, like you said like the, you know, our minds are, are so active and taking so much of our attention and i don't think it's that we love suffering it's just that we're addicted to the mind we are like just addicted to the process and consumed by it. 
And it's just trying to do its job of figuring out how to make us happy and keep us alive, right? That's its job. That's what it's supposed to do. That's kind of, or maybe the ego, you know, the ego slash mind, whatever you want to call it. You know, that's what it's trying to do and that we're constantly trying to figure out the best way to do that. And that is a constant, you know, there, like I said, there's never any completion with any of that because, you know, our lives aren't complete. There's always more stuff to do. So we're always kind of like reaching or struggling for the sense of, of completeness and wholeness. And, but we can have that directly just by tuning in with our body, just by the regular practice. This is giving a little bit of attention to the, to the temple that houses our divine spark, right? And honoring the temple. Because we don't give our bodies any attention. We don't give them any attention. It's like yoga is really good because it, and even physical exercise is really good because it does get us kind of connected with and feeling our body. But we don't give our bodies just any, just pure attention, just being within and knowing ourselves. It's like the kingdom of heaven truly is within, but you got to drop in and do the work to, to get there, right? And disconnect this mechanism that's constantly churning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so important i literally didn't realize i had a body i swear i was like so <laughs> head up that i was like uh-huh. whoa you know like yoga was the f- same first thing that like dropped me into my body and then it gets scary when you first do because your body isn't a safe place for a lot of people and mm. so it's like why would i want to be in my body like there's it doesn't feel good as soon as i slow down and sit with my body like i feel pain or i feel discomfort and so how have you kind of moved mm-hmm. through that process yeah those are all the the residual effects from past traumas essentially right you know in general unless it's some disease that's impacting your your system but you know those those are having their effect and they're having their impact but even with that experience even with that trauma we can still come within we can still you know i i i i I, you know, on, on your podcast, I could call it, you know, breathing into our, our heart space and, and connecting with that. But I really just think about it as terms of connecting with it, with our body, but just using this point as an anchor. So you don't have to go out the other places in your body that may be causing or feeling stress, but, you know, find a spot and it doesn't even have to be this spot. It can be your gut is a good, good option. You know, there's a, there's an energy center there as well. And, uh, you know, that's, that can be another place. You can use a little pinky. It doesn't matter. As long as you pick a spot and start creating an anchor that your awareness can go to and can stay anchored to and can stay connected with your, with your body. So I call this practice hearthing. And initially it was short for heart breath because that's what I was originally thinking is heart breath. But really it's about creating your own inner hearth. So the hearth is the area around the, your fireplace, right? In, in the home. And until this last century, it was the source of light and heat and energy for the home. You know, now we got electric lights and all that stuff, but it's really the center of the home. And with this just regular practice attention, you can build your own hearth within and sit by your own fire (laughs) Mm -hmm. and know your own radiance and tap into that. And that is possible for every one of us because every one of us is animated by the same divine spark that comes from the same source. So whatever you want to call that source, but yeah. That's... And I was like, I just want to say, I was, I'm still kind of a recovering Catholic. So I've been like, I was atheist for my, in my twenties and probably like, you know, agnostic since then. But now I'm like, I'm really clear that there is some higher ordered like to the reality here that we can't directly perceive. And, you know, I've been really tapping more and more into that, being able to trust that more 
through tapping into my own body. Yeah, that oneness is so essential. Yeah. We all want to kind of like ascend, right? We all want to kind of like transcend like the mundane issues that we have to deal with and all that. But the paradox is that we first we have to descend. First, we have to like truly become embodied in these bodies that we're in and, and, you know, really honor these temples. And then we can like with all the parts of us truly arise to whatever we can become. Hmm. I think that's so important, especially a lot of people in the spiritual world. They're so up above and like tapped into that, but we're forgetting, like we are all humans having a human experience and we need to be rooted into our bodies and into this world because we're here so mm -hmm. i think that's super important and that once again just simply requires connecting with your beautiful body and the more that we can encourage people to do that i think is just so impactful and i love too that you are really connected to your joy and i love to talk about that because i obviously am as well and sometimes <laughs> i feel like there's lots of messaging like oh there's what a spiritual bypassing and like you can't be mm. too joyful or like i think there's this mm -hmm. line where it's like okay yes some people are spiritual bypassing but also like joy is a our natural state like we are mm -hmm. joyful beings so yeah let's mm -hmm. touch on that right yeah that's what this has given me is joy on tap because you know we're all when we came in here as children children are bundles of joy right they're full of joy <laughs> they have access to that because they're still in their bodies. They haven't been traumatized and taught out of them yet, you know, to like be filled with all the information that they need to cogitate about that keeps us all consumed up here. But by coming back into our bodies, the joy is waiting for us. Like, so according to the Upanishads, which are, you know, the oldest spiritual human texts from the, from, from India, we, our true nature, our true self, the divine spark, whatever you want to call it, only has three qualities, which are consciousness, existence, and bliss, sat, chit, ananda. So bliss is our natural state, but it's just covered up by all the traumas and difficulties and thoughts. It's like our mind, we have to get beyond the mind in order to really experience that or get beneath the mind. So, you know, and as far as spiritual bypassing, you're like, is that what's happening here? I would say that well, first of all, spiritual bypassing is not necessarily a bad thing. Like if you're recovering from trauma, like, yeah, you need to do that just to get to some place where you're stable. That's, that's appropriate. But then when you're engaging in your healing, if you want to call yourself healed, like a lot of, which I've done several times in my past and then discovered, oh no, okay. Like, yeah, that's, we're not quite there yet. So that is, you know, that level of bypassing where we're kind of denying the shadow that's like, that's existing there that still needs attention and healing, you know, that's ultimately not good. But so, you know, we've gotten really good at, at healing ourselves or we're getting really good at healing ourselves. And we say, you know, really just in the past set, you know, 100, 150 years since Freud, right? And it's all about healing all the things that keep us from just being feeling authentically at home and feeling relaxed and feeling safe and feeling you know open and receptive and responsive to life responsible and it's all kind of healing from the outside in right we're kind of dealing with the things that deny us our our, our experience of wholeness they prevent us from experiencing that right but to come directly back here and to nurture this awareness within to reconnect with our bodies is healing from the inside out 
And I believe this is far more effective because if we can tap into the experience of joy is innately healing as long as it's, you know, you don't get it through some means that have negative consequences, obviously. So it's, it's deeply healing. And I, you know, and I've now got access to so much more joy than I've ever had before. And that has kept me able to be, you know, just remain calm and open and receptive, regardless of what's happening out here, regardless of what circumstances are arising. And I've had some crazy circumstances to deal with in the past few years. It's been a really difficult road at times, this, this healing. I had a lot of issues that, it, that kind of came up through this healing that, that, you know, really, really challenged me. And there were some really dark times. And honestly, some of those times I was like, I just need to dig a hole and crawl in it and cover it over and over me. You know, I was just feeling just so despondent. And then my chime would go off and I'd pause and take three breaths. And I'd be like, oh, why do I feel so much joy? <laughs> I feel so good. And so there is the work to do, right? But giving ourselves joy, like pure encumbered joy with no strings attached <laughs> which is what this is is essential it's essential and it's so deeply empowering for our healing journey well, in fact my bell just rang so joy moment. you guys can hear that now <laughs> so why don't we all pause and like just try it together so just put your hand on your chest and close your eyes and just feel the sensations of your chest expanding and contracting and feel that spot within. Mm. So wonderful. It's so wonderful. Mm. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I know I've been struggling to find inner peace lately. And thankfully, I discovered Open, a mindfulness studio for everyone. As a yoga teacher, it's been difficult to find an online studio that actually shifts my well-being. And wow, let me tell you. Open transforms your mind through body and breath in an immersive space designed to take you to the here and the now, no matter where you are or where you begin. Open offers live and on-demand breathwork, meditation, yoga, and Pilates guided by the leaders in mindfulness, centered on music and rooted in community. Um, hello, two of my favorite things. <laughs> and their aesthetics are Mm, on point so as always i'm getting you the best of them so i got you 30 days free just use the code heart snuggles and let your ritual begin now so good love the timing mm. of that <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good yes i agree so much because you know i spent a long time just going in my shit and like really in the darkness really in the shadow whatever you want to call it all my traumas and just like ruminating in it you know and just like constantly like going at it like what more work can I do and it just didn't leave me feeling good ever like you know and then I started to realize like you just said you can add joy to it 
And that just shifts everything. And it's like, we're not always supposed to like be in that, like kind of that suffering state again. It's like, we can actually infuse some joy. Just like when I do inner child healing, it's not just about going back to the traumas. It's like, take your inner child on a play date, like go do something (laughs) that, you know, like that brings your little child joy because truly, like you said, children are joyful. So it's like, how can you add play into things? And I find that that just like, just helps make it so much life more enjoyable and like the hard stuff a little bit easier to do Mm -hmm. yeah so much easier (laughs) so So much easier yeah so so great and so thank you for sharing that and like touching on that and i'd love for you to talk about too like how you've already touched on this a little bit but like when we do that internal work how that kind of shifts everything on the external as well oh yeah okay yeah so that's good so I was, you know, challenged with interpersonal relationships a lot because of the shame I was carrying from my childhood, because I was up here too much. And we're not telepathic beings yet, you know, maybe, but we are telepathic. We can feel each other. We can sense each other's like emotions and hearts and feelings. And, but only if we're in our own bodies, only if we're like in tune with our own hearts, with our own sense of self, Right. And I was really detuned from that. So I often having to apologize for massive faux pas for saying and doing things that upset people and not because I couldn't get the impact that I was having on others. And I couldn't, because I couldn't feel my own self. And now that's such a massive shift. I mean, it's like still remarkable to me, like when people acknowledge how how open they feel my heart. People who are intuitive, they'll just come to me and say, wow, you're blazing. And that was not what was happening before. That was not what they were getting from me. They were like avoiding me because I was a bull in a china shop. And now I just feel so much more just attuned with everyone else in my world and my relationships feel more whole and complete. And I just feel a sense of wanting to serve the connections for through myself and, you know, for people with their world and their lives as well. Thank you so much for bringing that up because, you know, it's so easy nowadays too to like blame other people and point out other people's red flags. It's like such a big thing now is be like, look at what's wrong with them. But it's like, you know, we have these parts of ourselves too that we are working on and that we're moving from. And to remember too that like we can change no matter what you realize in yourself. And the people, reason that people are so afraid to like acknowledge their hurtful parts is because they don't want to become that but it's like once you can actually acknowledge where you're at then you can shift it and make a difference and like you did like you people (laughs) did not feel that like maybe beautiful energy around you originally and you wanted to shift that or like maybe Mm -hmm. that wasn't your intention at first but like now it's like so cool to be on the other side and know that now you're affecting every person you meet without even saying anything which is so beautiful and that's why it's so important to come back (laughs) to yourself Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just find myself so much caring so much more for others. Like I, you know, if I went to at anyone in my environment, I, I notice I, I'll say hello if I have the chance. And I used to just kind of ignore people unless I had to have a conversation, needed to have a conversation <laughs> with them. You know, they're just kind of like things in my world. I was objectifying everything and everyone. And now I just feel this deep subjective experience of connection with life and with my world and with everyone in it and if you want we can dive into another aspect of that okay so 
I've got a, also got a kind of an overarching philosophy paradigm that I've been working with since 2000, 2008, when I came up with it. And that has been also been incredible to help heal, understand my connection with the world and to make it a lot more effective. So a friend was talking about an out of body experience she had, right? But she kept calling it my outer body experience, right? So she was saying it wrong, but whatever. So, but I started thinking about it and I was like, huh, what if I had an outer body? It's kind of an interesting idea. Like, hmm. So I'd have to have an inner body, right? If I had an outer body. So, okay, this is my inner body, everything inside my skin. And so my outer body would be everything outside my skin, right? So it's the rest of the universe, all the, you know, you and everyone else in it and all the planets and stars and galaxies. It's like the universe minus me is my outer body, right? I was like, oh, okay. So now can I really call that my body, you know, cause this is my body, this is me, right? This is me here. This is our, you know, what I commonly understand. And, and this is the, you know, this is the part of the universe that I have direct control and experience over. And so, but I realized, well, you know, if my outer body disappeared all of a sudden, <laughs> if it all went poof, I'd cease to exist. And I'd never have become this Damien Jones creature without my outer body filling me with all the experiences and teachings and everything that has had me become who I am. So I'm utterly and completely dependent upon it for my survival and my identity, right? So, okay, yeah, it is kind of my outer body. And, and it is mine because it's distinct from everyone else's outer body, right? Because everyone else has got their own outer body. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's like, the, you know, from their own perspective and their own inner body, not their own outer body. But here's where I you know, really started to get a little deeper was like, I realized I've got a whole lot of ideas and dreams and visions about like what we can do, what I can do with my life and what we can do with the world and how to make it a better place and, and all that. And, you know, we all do, we all have dreams and visions and ideas. And I realized that the, like, that the people who have powerful relationships between their inner body and their outer body through their personality, their ego, their identity, whatever you want to call it, if they, you know, th that those were the people who had their dreams and visions manifested, like that that's actually what it takes to manifest really. I mean, you, yes, if you get pure enough, you can just visualize and poof, it happens. But you know, in this mundane reality, it usually like takes working with people to get things done. So, you know, it's like, I, and I, so I realized like, wow, that's kind of the most important relationship in my life is between my inner and my outer body. Right. So I was like, Oh, what if I start nurturing that relationship a little more? What if I start tending that relationship and taking a little bit of the attention that's on my inner body's needs and putting a little more on my outer body's needs and, you know, just helping people, smiling at people more, just going out of my way more, making people happy, you know, just doing, doing a little more. What if that would take care of my inner body's needs and wants and desires a lot more profoundly and deeply and sustainably than had I put that time and attention, you know, directly on my own wants and needs, right? What if that's like a really wise investment of my energies is towards my outer body, right? So as the recovering Catholic that I was, <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I, I was going to get a degree in physics in college. I ended up getting a degree in plastics and I was an engineer for 15 years before becoming a sculptor. So I'm very much about the scientific method and proving things, you know, and all that. So, so I was like, okay, well, I don't see like a causal link between how much love I put out and how much like love I get back, but I really like this idea. So it really stuck with me and I started working with it. 
And in 2012, I really started working with it by once a day doing something for my outer body, doing some active kindness, some random active kindness, as you mentioned earlier, right? And I found the the impact of it was usually immediate. Like I would always feel more connected with my world through doing this. So that was pretty great. But then after practicing this for some time, the real dividends started to accrue in the form of synchronicities and connections that arrived just in the perfect time with just the right person in the most amazing way to give me whatever it was I was desiring and, mm. and focusing on, right? Mm-hmm. So this is how to attune to bring in synchronicities into our life. This is self-centered philanthropy. It's selfish altruism. It shows the link between how much love we put out and how much the universe can, like sends back to us. Because here's the way I put it. It's like, if you amplify your love signal consistently, the universe notices and it sends you all the resources you need to do more of that so that we can bring more love forth into this place, right? And you can, you don't have to believe me, just try it for a month and see what happens. Mm-hmm. See how much more magical your life becomes out of being of service. So the other thing that this concept does is it simplifies duality. So duality is our experience of separateness. It's like me and the rest of the world, right? Me and all the other things. It's like we look out into the world and our mind has a name for everything it sees, right? They're like you never go somewhere and see something that you don't have a name for. Very, how often does that ever happen? You might go maybe in a foreign <laughs> country, right? but like we name everything. And like through these labels and names, we understand how they relate to each other and how then we can predict if we put A and B together, we're going to get C, right? And we're going to, that's how we navigate reality. And having an accurate map of, rea- of that reality is really essential for having a se- successful life, right? But it's a bottom-up approach, right? It's like the mind, so the mind can't see the overarching connection between all things, right? So this takes all those things and turns them into, take, gives them one name. It turns all the trees into a forest, Right? Because otherwise, all we see are these trees. And, you know, if you've heard that phrase, you can't see the forest or the trees. It's like, I've heard there's a forest around here somewhere. But all I see are trees. Like, get these trees out of the way and maybe I'll see the forest. No, the trees are the forest. But we can't perceive the interconnection between all things, which exists, which is the truth of reality. It's why they say that this world is an illusion. The separateness of all things is an illusion. That all things are truly separate. That's the illusion. But it allows our mind to navigate really powerfully. So it's a powerful illusion that gives us access to a powerful map of reality, but also limits us in our understanding of who we are and who we can be. Because we are an integral part of the universe. We are divine energy manifesting in human form. But we can't see that unless we can see the interconnection. So this simplifies duality to just two. It's not me and all these billion things. It's me and my outer body all my outer body and it works like my life is just like an amazing flow of synchronicity so out of the blue i'm just starting to really bring this out and and teach this in the next month i'll have the course released with some other aspects about how to heal and you know and i'm working with a couple two coaches actually to like make this happen and two months ago i got a commission like one of the biggest commissions i've ever gotten for a huge sculpture it was actually financially, it is the biggest commission I've ever received. Yay! And it's from, from this guy's assistant that I was working with to do this. 
So after a week of working with this guy, I was like, so who's this guy you work for? Who is this Aubrey Marcus? Yeah, and if you don't know who Aubrey Marcus is, go Google him. He's now my man. <laughs> His podcast is the shit. And he started a company with Joe Rogan called On It with like nootropic supplements. And his, he did, goes deep into plant medicine and he has the most incredible heart. He is, his advanced programs are called Fit for Service. And it's about making people fit for service for the world. And it's like, oh, I'm just about to like launch into this world. And here I'm doing a sculpture for this guy. Like, what are the, what are the chances? So that kind of thing is like, oh, okay, thanks. And really like, you know, when synchronicities happen to us, because they happen on occasion, like these incredible things that like coincidental things that happen. But, you know, we don't realize that those are the benefits of all the good that we've done in the past, right? Because yeah. we can't track them through time because we don't do good on the regular usually. But if you start doing it, if you start just once a day doing a random act of kindness, then that will attune you to the synchronistic flow that will bring you everything you want and allow you to be of service to the universe and for you, your gifts to be fully given. So, yeah. Heart snuggles. <laughs> Heart snuggles. That's so amazing. I, yeah, that's, you know, I've always been that way too from a little girl. And I think it was because mm. I grew up with my mom left when I was five and I grew up with my dad, only child. And I felt so alone that I never wanted anyone to feel that way and so unloved mm. that like, if you're in my life, like, you know, I'm always going to shower you with love. Like, I'm always thinking of you, like thoughtfulness, giving, generous, like all these things. And, and at first it was like hard for me because everyone around me had so much money and I never had money. And so like, I just felt worthless in so many ways, but I always was giving my energy and my love and my attention. And I realized like, somehow I'm always supported. Everything always works out for me. I get these yeah. crazy opportunities, even though I've never mm -hmm. had money, like I'm traveling the world, like, <laughs> you know, and then I realized I was like, oh, it's kind of like karma. You know, it's that beautiful thing of like, you can give in so many other ways. And I also mm -hmm. never believed that belief where like, you have to find self-love first to receive love. And I was like, that doesn't, that's not true because I never learned how to love myself because my family didn't really show me what love was. So like, how would, mm -hmm. you know? And so, but since I was able to give so much love, I started to receive so much, just like you're talking about. And so that's just, it's just so beautiful, like how simple it is. And like you said, you get an instant reward. As soon as you give to someone else, like you immediately feel so great. Like just watching them receive that. And even if it's random, like knowing that, and it's just this beautiful circle of life. And I was having this conversation last night with friends of like how much more kindness we need in this world and um, easy it is to give. It's really not that hard, and but it makes right. such big impacts. Right. But our, our egos and our identities are so focused on ourselves, right? And you know, we, we have limited resources. So we got to like, you know, work those and manage those effectively but to be able to see like oh it really does serve me to serve others it really does right to like be able to like know that is so empowering it's so like deeply empowering and you know talking about self-love that's the other aspect of this hearthing practice really is like this is a you know this is 30 seconds of self-love i'm giving myself once an hour that's what this is. And after a couple of weeks of doing this, I was like, 
oh shit, I guess I do love myself because I am loving myself. Look, I'm doing it once an hour. <laughs> Holy shit, I love myself. Oh my God, I love myself. Holy shit. And that kind of like defuses all the negative self-talk. They don't really have as much to grab onto anymore because it's like, well, look, I'm loving myself, see? <laughs> and I'm experiencing the joy of doing that too. Oh, damn, okay. So those stories and those tapes from our past about, you know, that, that taught us to not love ourselves. They really like start to get quieter and quieter and quieter. And I also wanted to share like, when you talk about getting everything you need, right? So and here's like where things got even more woo-woo with the outer body paradigm is that after about a year of practicing this, I started to get messages and I've gotten about six of them. And each, they're very short, very short and sweet. And each one is completely cha has changed the course of my life, been very impactful. And the first one, I was at ecstatic dance in the middle of this dance floor. And all of a sudden into my head, like it wasn't a voice, it was just the words came. I can't even explain it. And the words that came were, you have everything you need. You always have, and you always will. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, where did that just come? Who just said that? What? 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 Okay. What? Okay. I don't know, but huh, I guess that's true. Because regardless of all the times I wish, I believed I didn't get what I needed in the past, right? That there was like things that I needed that didn't happen or you know, all the things I regret, I wish I could do over and, and all that. Like I always got everything I need because I'm here and I'm doing great. So to say otherwise is to deny the beauty of my life right now. And I don't need a damn thing right now. I'm in the middle of this dance floor. Like I've got air to breathe. Like, you know, this is wonderful. Nothing I need right now. And oh, holy shit, I can trust that I'll continue for the rest of my life until I wake up on the other side of the dirt, right? <laughs> Like I can trust that all my needs will, that I'll always get everything I need. I won't necessarily get everything I want <laughs> for sure. Cause a lot of things we want are necessarily the things we need, <laughs> but I will always get everything I need. And I felt all fear and anxiety and, you know, and all that just drain right out of me. And I felt a peace I'd never known in my life. And Chills. I knew, and I knew it what meditation teachers talk about in terms of relinquishing desire, because it's not about not having desire. Desire is great. It's fine. Just don't be attached to the fulfillment of that desire to fulfill you. You're already whole and complete. Have more. You know, it's like, it's easy to have more when you're in abundance, when you're in scarcity, it's like, you know, you can't get it. But if you're in abundance, it's like, yes, I'd like more, please. Thank you. So that that just changed me like that made me so much more fearless just this knowing that i will always have everything i need so you know if you start practicing this outer body paradigm i don't know if you're going to start hearing voices or they're getting messages and stuff the magic may show up in other ways but the magic will show up because the magic is real and it wants to communicate with you and through you because it can only get in here through us and this is blocking it. <laughs> Silly mind. Right? So we just got to have some fun practices that allow this to disengage and to just trust that we are truly connected and to honor that and nurture that connection. And I also love how that came through you during a static dance, which is like one of the most liberating and in your body practices. Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. like when you're in your body and you're just in pure joy, then it's like you're that clear channel for these messages and these like truth 
gifts to come through you, I find. And so that's just like really beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> mm, well, thank you so much. Oh, it's two, two, two. Not ah. a synchronicity. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Like every time I look at my, my phone, like it's one, one, one or two, two, two. Like it's crazy for like months now. It's like, okay, boy, I'm just like, yeah, fully charged, fully in the flow. Fully in the flow, <laughs> angels guiding you. And yeah, yeah I love yeah. the synchronicities. So share with everyone, uh, actually the last question of the podcast is if someone is struggling right now, what would you let them know? Hmm. You are already whole and complete. You're love just it. missing the experience of that. And that's your truth. It's the truth of your nature. There's nothing missing. There's nothing needed. There's nothing broken. There's just past experiences that are influencing your experience now. Or perhaps present, you know, if you're going through something really, really difficult. But we're already always whole and complete. We just need to trust that and tap into it and practice it. It's all about practice. Because, you know, we can't draw on these skills in the moments of darkness if we haven't practiced it during the light, lighter times. So just practice, practice your wholeness and just come into your body, come back into your body, come back home to yourself. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I just, I feel like everyone should give themselves a little hug. (laughs) Snuggle. (laughs) So if someone wants to work with you, what are things you're offering? And if they want to look at your artwork, where can they go? Where can they find you? Yeah, my, my sculptures, you can see them at damianjones.art. That's my website. Or on Instagram, it's damianjonesart. And it's D-A-M-I-E-N-J-O-N-E-S-A-R-T. And if you're interested in the course and, and working with me and developing, just find me on Instagram and send me a message. And, and I'll get back to you. And I'd love to work with anyone who's interested Beautiful. Thank you so, so much for being here today and (laughs) sharing your beautiful messages. Thanks. Thank you so much, Lexi. Thank you for inviting me too, because when you, like I did a couple of podcasts like last year, but haven't done anything for a while. And then we met like a few months ago, but then, you know, your requests like, Hey, let's do this came in like the same weekend that I connected with Aubrey Marcus and all that things happening. It's like, okay, like so many things are happening. So that we're doing this right now is massive opening for me. And I'm really grateful to you. Yay, thank you.